Hello, I'm really glad you joined us online right now. Oxygen is important to breathe. The right atmosphere brings health and growth. In in a hospital, if a patient's oxygen is low, they fix that right away because oxygen is necessary to live. The air quality management is in Dimabar, where CIV was for 30 years, um, and they work on cleaning up the air and trying to get rid of the smog. These things occur, these efforts are made, because we need clean air to breathe, not stinky air. The atmosphere in your relationship with your children makes a big difference in their lives. If you have the right atmosphere, you your kids can breathe and thrive. Kindness is the key ingredient to the right atmosphere. God wants the atmosphere in our homes to maximize growth. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. A closer look at some of the words. Bring them up, to rear up to maturity, to cherish, to train, to bring to maturity with warmth and concern. Training is an aggressive instruction that shapes who the child will be. There has been a real pull to hang back and let schools and culture train our kids. But God has given this responsibility to parents, especially fathers. This is a popular idea. I'm going to let my kids make up their own mind about religion. The truth is you you can't stop them from making their own mind up about religion. This is how God made us. He gave us a brain to think. And so that doesn't mean I shouldn't introduce God to my kids. Uh, we want to introduce our kids to important people to us. Uh, aunts, uncles, friends, and it should be the same with God. Instruction, admonition, or exhortation, which is situational coaching. A coach shows you how to handle different situations you will face in the game. Remember what we talked about in practice is a common phrase. This coaching should be done with the kid's best interests in heart. Thad played on an elite baseball team um, and had a very sarcastic coach. Biting comments and sarcastic statements that garbled instruction. This is exasperating. Sarcasm garbles instruction. 
And I had a lot of coaching to do with Thad through that time. We need to know what is kindness. Here's the definition of kindness. To make one's self useful or helpful to someone else. When you are kind, you try to help your kids or anyone else with their life and their responsibilities. Kindness is a word picture. It it means that you stoop to help someone else with a need or a problem. Kindness asks the question, what does my child need right now? Or And how can I be of the most help to him or her right now? When we are kind, we realize that it is our kids' lives and we're trying to help them get ready for that. Boundaries that are crossed confuse our kids. They don't know why we're trying to help them. It it might be because we want them to make us look good, which is a very selfish goal. We must avoid getting our self-image pumped up and our worth pumped up from how well they do. This is a common struggle and a danger zone. They really belong to God who has entrusted them to us. Kindness is the key across the board in relationships. Why is kindness important? Kindness is important in building a loving, trusting relationship with our child. Like the rear hatch of a minivan, kindness lets you load stuff into it inside your kids quickly and easily. In a real way, kindness unlocks the hatch and your kids will have the key to their own hearts, of course. We must keep winning their heart over and over, in a sense, so that they will keep following us. Relational Parenting by Ross Campbell is a very helpful book. The premise is that your relationship with your child is the key factor in whether your child will adopt your values. His explanation for many teams that were raised in Christian homes turn away from the faith um, is that they need to know you like them and enjoy them, not just love them. They probably know that you love them. But they need to know and feel that you really enjoy them. This is accurate in my experience. I wholeheartedly agree with Campbell. Kindness does this. It widely opens your child's ear to hear instruction. Kindness is the key to your child's heart. It will open your child to hear the instruction you give. Another thing it does, kindness opens their mind 
to think about what you're telling them. You want your kids to think about what you're telling them, your instruction. Kindness opens their minds to think about this. You also want to have your kids to have a heart to receive both the values and perspective you want to steal and the discipline that is necessary for them to be trained. You want your kids to adopt your values and perspective. And you want them to heed the discipline you're giving them. Kindness opens up your kids to adopt your values and heed your discipline. Kindness is a priority in your relationship with your kids. This doesn't mean you won't need to instruct, correct, and discipline them, of course, but it is the key factor in how effective your instruction, correction, and discipline is. Priority means before, not instead of. Kindness should come first. It should fill the atmosphere of the home before you instruct, correct, and discipline. And you also need to do these in kindness. All the other components of parenting hinge on the kindness quotient. Once my daughter, Lindsay, had an assignment in uh, logic and debate class, debate class uh, to show the roots of the conflict in the Gaza Strip and trace the roots in the history of the Bible. That was an incredibly crazy assignment. It was first year first year teacher who gave it. Um, she was a sophomore in high school, and she melted down. And she worked really hard. She after she melted down, she worked hard at and at, at the the project and. I tried to help her with this extremely complex situation. It, it's really hard to figure out what's going on in uh, Gaza. And it's pretty relevant today. But the roots go back to Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac. Check your kindness quotient if your kids are uncharacteristically locking you out and not listening to you at all. If a long pattern of this continues, you must rebuild the atmosphere in your home and work to open up their heart again. It's the key to parenting, according to scripture, where we see the picture of God's kindness toward his children, us, as the example for us. God leads his children 
with cords of kindness and with ties of love. We are much more likely to adopt God's values because he is incredibly kind. He draws us to himself with unfailing kindness. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except by me. He draws us with unfailing kindness. Also, he leads us to repentance through his kindness. When I think about it, the grace of God I've experienced and his faithful kindness to me, his unfailing kindness, makes me want to change. That's what it says in Titus 2.14. It will be the same with your kids. And their desire will ramp up to follow you and learn from you. Jesus said when the disciples tried to keep them from him, he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and bless them. Jesus made a statement for all time that children are important. This was in a culture where they were set aside often. He blessed them and showed how important it was they were for raising up the next generation. They are our future. So what does kindness look like? First, it's building up your kids, not tearing them down. Instead of responding sharply and impatiently out of irritation that what my child is doing or wanting right now is inconvenient for me, kindness calmly considers what benefits them the most. Parenting can be incredibly hard. It, it's not hard to choose. It's not easy to choose the right attitude toward your children. I can easily get harsh with my kids, or I could when I was raising them. And um, I need to ask their forgiveness when I'm harsh. And I did that often. The, the, this increases Increases my credibility because you know they've sinned. Uh, they know you've sinned, and I do too. Words and actions that build up. Kind words build up, and helping them do and become who they need to be. First, we should use words of compassion, seeing life through their eyes makes them feel understood. If if you can see life through your child's eyes, you will help them feel understood. And it's important for everyone to feel understood. It's not that hard, really. You you were a kid once. Next, you should tell them you sh you can do it. Words that call them forward. Encouragement means to come alongside and 
call them forward. In an informal study of 4,000 men, one man in 10 reported that there was in his life someone he looked up to as a father. Only a handful of men then know the encouragement of another man whose life proclaims it can be done. You're not alone. I believe in you. We should encourage our daughters and our sons in this way. My dad believed in me. He thought I could do anything I put my mind to. And I, I knew that wasn't true, but it was good to have his belief in me. Next, we should use coaching, showing them how to do what they don't know how to do. Oh, oh, not here. Let me do it. It will take longer, but over the long haul, you'll help them grow and learn if they do it themselves. We should also use considerate words that show I'm thinking about what they need. We need to consider why they are not acting right. They may be tired or having a tough day, um, and we we need to think about that. It's not always that they're acting up because they're just being rebellious. It may be that they're too tired or having a really rough day. An effective way to encourage is to give commendations for doing right. Catching them doing right is a great way to encourage them. Uh, If you catch them doing right, it tremendously encourages them. A major way we communicate love is stopping to help them when they need it, like homework, uh, tying a shoe. This is kindness to help them with their homework or anything else they need. Kindness is literally stooping to help them with what they need. Here are words and actions that tear down. First, we should not use angry words that show irritation and frustration, high-volume words. If we intimidate our sons and daughters, shame on us. We should rein in our anger, irritation, or frustration with our children. If you are angry, they won't hear what you're saying. Also, sarcastic words that put them down for what they are saying or doing. Sarcastic words are not instructive words. In fact, they do a great deal of damage. This is a sure way to frustrate our kids, giving them assignments without clear guidance on how to do them step by step. We need the patience to teach our kids the steps 
that they need to take to do something. Here's a sure way to heap guilt on your kids. A pattern of you should have known better. This is not kind. It creates guilt. It heaps guilt on them. I personally have many things I regret and cringe over in my life when they come to mind. It's better to identify with your kids and encourage. This will encourage your kids when it's appropriate. Finally, telling stories to other adults that embarrass them or or make them look bad. Even cute stories can sometimes embarrass. And I try to watch, I tried to watch my kids' face when they were growing up. If, if they had a wrong look on their face, I, I stopped doing that. We must draw on God's power to stop tearing down and shift to building up. Also, building up is responsive rather than reactive. Reactive parenting responds primarily to what kids do. Proactive parenting deals primarily with what kids need. That's a quote from Ross Campbell. That's a, a really true statement. Nathan Lewis and I saw mom freak out about an earthquake uh, once when we were eating lunch at Chipotle at the shops, I think, in Chino Hills. He said he just taught her how to respond to an earthquake. Be afraid. Wow. We should also seek to create an atmosphere of kindness. Colossians 3.21 Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. The word used in Ephesians 4 for provoke means to exasperate or to make quite angry. The word used in Colossians 3.21 means to cause someone to feel resentful, to make someone bitter. This definition uh, implies the def- the dangerous bitterness that defiles many, many, like it said in Hebrews 12:15. This verse is about fathers, but if either parent embitters their child, they open the door for Satan to get involved in the family dynamics. We don't want that at all. If a parent uses excessive, severe discipline, unreasonably harsh demands, arbitrary discipline, unfair nagging, and humiliating the kids, it creates real problems. And Satan is involved in the family dynamics. And we 
don't want Satan to be involved in our family in any way. Kindness is more than what we do and say in a particular circumstance. It creates an environment in the home characterized by consideration of the other person. Attitude, body language, and tone are a gauge of our atmosphere in our home. We often get nervous and anxious that our mistakes are going to ruin our kids. I, I did growing uh, when my kids were growing up. Uh, there is a myth that one incident is going to traumatize my child. The atmosphere in the home, however, overrides many of our mistakes. The patterns of what we say and do are the most important things in creating this atmosphere that we want in our home, not one-time incidents. You can start working on the right atmosphere right now. Again, we need God's power to work on the atmosphere, to rein in our selfish tendencies. I encourage you to think through what you do repeatedly as a family, especially where there's potential for uh, frustration and aim to do things in a way that quells the frustration. How can I create the right atmosphere related to eating dinner, displaying, directing them to do chores or something else? getting dressed to go somewhere to school, church, or other events, correction, anything else that you do as a habit. Further, truth and love are to be major elements of the right atmosphere. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will all grow up into him who is the head, that is, into Christ. This describes the way we grow in the church. And the church is designed to be one big family where we call each other brother and sister. We practice in the church what we should mirror in our family life. And the church is definitely a family. That's how God designed it. The goal is to learn ways of godly relating in the church and transfer them to the home. Truthing in love means thinking, saying, doing, and living the truth in an atmosphere of love. If we try to make truth the atmosphere, everyone in that atmosphere suffocates. Love is the atmosphere, and truth is central to our conversations. That's when we grow. 
it's unkind to let anyone believe something wrong. One of our relational heart attitudes is to give and receive uh, scriptural correction. If we're heading off a cliff emotionally or with an addiction or anything else, it's a kindness to tell people the truth. That's kind. God wants my family to be filled with the truth. I can help my family be filled with the truth by setting the example. Kids need a video manual to grasp the truth. We, we need to live out the truth and explain it. We don't have to be perfect, but consistency is important and without hypocrisy. Applying God's truth to problems and situations. We, God doesn't want to waste your experiences, good and bad, and we want to solve them God's way and talk with them about our kids, what we're going through, when appropriate. You have to use discretion, of course. As kids deal with problems, don't rescue them. Help them solve them God's way. This is a teachable moment. Another thing that God wants is doing justice. Stability comes to a kingdom where the king rules with judge justice. It's the same with family life. If a parent rules with justice, it goes well. The atmosphere is right. If we're fair and just with our children, they thrive. Another quality is being honest. Telling the truth and keeping promises are crucial foundations for building a strong family. The truth needs to saturate my family in an atmosphere of love. Without truth, the love, love, without love, the truth doesn't sink in. I can help create the right atmosphere in my family through acceptance. Romans 15, 7. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Accept in this passage means to accept the presence of a person with friendliness, welcome, receive, and accept them. Be warm, in other words. We often let something our kids do or have done separate us. They, it, it, we allow that what they've done to separate our relationship with them. We need to accept them for who they are, not what they do. I used to tell my daughter, Lindsay, if they lined up 
all the girls in the world, I would pick you. I'm really glad you're my daughter. And she warmed up every time. That was a warm statement. We also need to do affection. Titus 2, 4, these older women, women must train the younger women to be, to love their husbands and their children. Love in this passage is translated affection. It's literally affection. Affection between mom and dad needs to happen. If if there's not any affection, what is the problem? Coldness or distance between mom and dad will send chills throughout the house. Another thing we need to do to create the right atmosphere in our family is approval. Matthew 3.17, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, dearly loved son who brings me great joy. God models what we should do with our kids. Make sure you catch them doing right as much as you can. We should do this daily with younger kids. I admire what you're doing right here, your kindness. My nephew Daniel showed kindness to another soccer player one time, and I told him that was the most important thing you could have done in that game. We should also model forgiveness. Colossians 3, 12 through 13, since God chose us, to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, compact kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. And if you forgive someone who offends you, f- forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must also forgive others. Let things go. Without forgiveness, there will be an angry atmosphere in the home. Things will just simmer below the surface. Growth can't happen unless you let things go. As I always do, I'd like to share some next steps to apply what we've talked about what I've talked about in this message. Here's my next steps. Strive to create an atmosphere of kindness in your home. Stop using words is the second that tear down and start using words that build up. We need God's help and power for this. Give your children Acceptance, affection, approval, and forgiveness. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for the instruction that you've given us for parenting and all relationships. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ 
that you would be pleased as we step out to obey what you've talked about in this message. Your word. That will help us grow in our relationship with you. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.